yeah, life changed when uh, I put on heels and now that I am in front of the camera and it feels permanently awkward, but we're figuring it out. Uh, the outdoors industry has a lot of work to do. So do we all, but I'm really focused on reflecting back to the outdoor community, the beautiful vibrancy that it is because what I have learned with Patty is that like, it's not just like queer people have been showing up in the outdoors lately. We've always been there. We just don't have as many campfires to gather around. And I feel like now we have more campfires than ever. So I'm excited to see queerness in nature. And I'm excited for that to be a way to invite people in too, because nature is so gay, literally rainbows everywhere, fish <laughs> that can change gender. And also like a forest is like, so weirdly queer. So I'm excited. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Rome podcast, hosted by alpinist and Nat Geo photographer Corey Richards and myself, Chris Gerard from Rome. Thanks for joining us again. This is episode 21. It's been a ride. Appreciate you listening. Today, we have yet again another special treat. Wynn Wiley, otherwise known as Patagonia. This conversation with Wynn was awesome. Raw, vulnerable, real, fun. Patagonia and Wynn are an incredible duo. He is a photographer who was making it happen in all aspects of wedding and corporate photography. Threw a pair of high heel boots into a backpack and uh, Patty was born. He walks us through that whole process. She's just two years old at this point and has been making waves on the internet since the day uh, Win first Patty. Win first posted as Patty. Um, if you are not following Patty on Instagram, I highly recommend you do. Really, really great stuff. Um, learning all the time from people like Patty and Win. And this conversation was just that um, about allyship, about about uh, making mistakes, about learning in this environment, um, about indifference, about silence, about how we are all navigating this, how um, Patty's fond of saying, you know, don't call people out, call them in. That's very much Win and Patty's approach and we really appreciate it. It was, it was a very cool conversation and I hope you enjoy it. We certainly enjoyed it. Um, so here it is. And right before that, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, I want to tell you about what we're doing with Rome Academy. This episode of the Rome podcast is brought to you by Rome Academy. Rome Academy, learn from the world's best adventurers. We have a whole library of classes taught by the greatest outdoor athletes of our time, photographers, filmmakers, and others the premium membership by joining this club, the world's best adventure club founded by the world's greatest adventurers, the climbers like Conrad Anker and Sasha DeJulian, surfers like Ian Walsh, the snowboarders like Jeremy Jones and Travis Rice, cyclists and bikers like Rebecca Rush, filmmakers like Jimmy Chin. These are all our founding members and we're proud to have this platform now where we're able to not only inspire through the content we've been making with a lot of these people from the beginning, but we are now educating as well and hopefully making it more possible for you to get that out there by gaining this knowledge, learning the secrets and the techniques of some of these top adventure athletes, um, really focused on lessons from their decades of experience, taking that to you in a cinematic experience and we are launching it soon it's out there now but just wait it's coming big time so pay attention that's how we keep things running around here is our premium memberships and if you like what we're doing with the podcast please subscribe drop us a review or a rating and without further ado win wiley aka patagonia
why don't you introduce yourself? Because if, for people who have been listening and maybe I don't know how this is going to cut, but I'm sure people are a little confused right now. So how do you totally. introduce yourself? How do you like go? <laughs> yeah, no, that that's great. Um, I feel like I'm like in the stage of so much new in my life that like I don't do the thing where like I have a prepared intro and I'm like, I am this, this and this, you know? Um, I feel like perfect. every time I like introduce uh, myself, it is it is very different, but today. perfect. Uh, segue, who like are you said, today? So today, who I am, today I am, um, I am like a, today I'm a deeper person than I usually am. Today I am feeling the weight of a lot of things. Today I am uh, really curious about what's going to happen in the next uh, few weeks and months in my life. Um, today I am, hmm, yeah, today I'm, I'm just thinking about a lot, but actually who I am, uh, in my life is, my name is Wynn, um, out of drag, pronouns he, him, and in drag, I am better known as Patagonia, um, and, like, I walk a lot in the outdoors in high heels and, um, YOLO, so that's me. But I feel like my work with, with Patagonia and kind of my work, uh, what's always been my work is to try to make good things with good people and intersect a lot of different like interests in my life. Um, whether that is the, like the art form of drag in the outdoors or whether that is my love of photography um, and people and documenting their story or whether that is combining my love for the environment and advocacy with entertainment. So I feel like it's always changing, but I feel like I'm just like switching out the loops and trying to find different ways to like overlap the loops um, and, and get them to intersect. So that's me. I, I, it's, it's, I feel like you're overset. You're like intersecting the loops and finding different ways to actually hack into a system that is, I mean, the outdoors industry is, is pretty homogenous. It's, um, and it's, I think it's as much as we try to be an accepting community. If you look at our track record, we're actually not, uh, we're not inclusive. We, we all have sort of a, um, a brand of colorblind racism or colorblind, uh, or genderblind inclusion is, you know, like we are, we want to be progressive, but actually our track record speaks something totally different. So the way I look at your work, and I'm curious to dive into this more, is, is you're, you're actually exposing all that inequity through a brand of playfulness, but it's also very serious. And as soon as one tack doesn't necessarily have the same impact, you switch. And it's mm. kind of cool to watch. Um, but you started as a photographer. Is that, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So before uh, I ever put on heels, uh, like I think that one of my first creative passions ever was photography. Um, I was the closeted day kid in Nebraska and photography gave me a new thing to be defined as. Um, that wasn't the gay kid. It was when the photographer. Um, and I loved getting to make things for people and have a purpose and be able to be good at things. Um, I'm an achiever. It's what I am in my life. Um, I don't know if there's any Enneagram listeners out there, but I'm an Enneagram three. So I am forever focused on achievement and my biggest life accomplishment. I feel like the biggest mountain I will climb in life is, uh, is very much the mountain of realizing that like I have worth for who I am as a person, apart from my work. <laughs> Here we are workaholic club. Um, so that's me. Um, and, and that, and that's photography, but, um, yeah, life changed when uh, I put on heels and now that I am in front of the camera and it feels permanently awkward, but we're figuring it out. Um, but I wanted to say something to your point. Um, I feel like, so you were talking about how the outdoor industry is uh, historically very homogenous um, and very like performative in its allyship. And here's what I'd say. The outdoors industry is, the outdoors community is not. Uh, the outdoors industry has a lot of work to do um, so do we all, um, but I'm really focused on um, reflecting back to the outdoor community, the beautiful vibrancy that it is, because what I have learned with Patty is that like, 
It's not just like queer people have been showing up in the outdoors lately. We've always been there. We just don't have as many campfires to gather around. And I feel like now we have more campfires than ever. So I'm excited to see a future in the outdoors that focuses way more on the community and the people in it um, and moves less away from putting the industry as the power that is because I feel like each one of us um, are are the real Shiro, are the real archetype that needs to, to shine and are the real archetype that exists, so. I love that. I think that's so insightful. The trade show feel and what you have to do to succeed within the industry sometimes feels like this, you know, reflection of like, what is reality? And I certainly have, have learned in the last eight weeks, how deep the diversity is in the outdoor community and am guilty of being part of the industry to a degree where we at Inkwell and other, you know, previously at Free Skier Magazine or other things, always there's this narrative of it's so hard. There's no diversity in the outdoors. And, you know, it's a, it's a geographic thing. It's a socioeconomic thing. And I think straight up, I think that's all bullshit now at, because as we have taken the time, which this is again, the admonishment of like that sort of narrative, there are so many different groups that are, have been for like a decade plus doing amazing work, yourself included, Win and Patty, and then all of the other, whether it's, you know, Melanin Base Camp or Outdoor Afro or there are so many vibrant communities. It's just like, how the fuck does the industry not know that? And, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, peel back the eyes. Like it's right there in front of us. So I think that that, that statement around the industry versus community is, to, is just so relevant and poignant right now, which is no, it's actually all there. You just, have to look, celebrate, amplify, engage, and build those relationships. Um, not to, I'm not preaching at all because I'm learning, but I, as that's am I. part of what I've as am I. sort of been shocked. Like that narrative of like, oh, we live in Boulder, Colorado. There's no diversity. It's very, it's mm. it, that, that is a sort of a cop out on the fact that <clears throat> there are all of these amazingly vibrant, strong, communities that are putting out great content that are in the, whether it's in the outdoors, they're climbing, they're skiing, they're snowboarding, they're, you know, and they're just not on the cover of the magazines. And I think that's hopefully now changing, but um, Corey, you were going to say something and then I just took it there. So where were you going? No, I was, it's very basic and it's at the risk of, I, I also understand that asking um, for education in certain areas is not quite the right move, but I would, I, I do think for our listeners who, if they are not familiar with, or the, if they're confused around the designation of queer, I think that's a really important, um, that's an important designation to understand if you wouldn't mind helping people understand that. And if, uh, the other thing we can say is Google it, motherfuckers. <laughs> um, <laughs> Love it. Uh, no, that's great. First of all, uh, like, we should have done this in the very beginning and I like, and I want any listener to know this, like, because this is the way that I approach my work. I have mad respect for everyone in the lanes that they have. My lane is whenever you're around me, it's a, it's a space of learning. Um, I am in progress. I am imperfect. <laughs> I very much so am a fetus at so much of this shit. Like we need to like figure it out together. Um, and I definitely, learn from relationships and from conversations. And so um, any question y'all like want to ask or if any listener wants to ask after this, like throw it in the DMs, happy to answer. So yeah, so queer. Um, okay, so new word to me too, because coming from life in Nebraska, um, which again, like when I bring this up, I'm not dogging Nebraska. I fucking love being from the Midwest and I love being from Nebraska, but my LGBTQ experience was, uh, <laughs> also a binary, uh, just like uh, we very much view that there's only two uh, like genders, male and female. Um, we also, I feel like view that there's just gay or straight. Um, for me in my life, I am very much actively unfolding 
um, and and falling in love with the word queer um, as a blanket term for LGBTQIA+, because one, we're always adding more like letters to the alphabet, which is beautiful. I love that. I am really bad at remembering all of the letters in the thing, so I just love the word queer. Uh, but queer historically has been a word that was used in a very derogatory way, and I feel like queer people are reclaiming it as a very positive word because queer just means uh, strange and out of the ordinary and like extra special, and that's how I feel. Um, but I also feel very gender queer too. Um, when I wake up, uh, like every day in the body that I'm given, I feel uh, pretty leaning towards masculine, but obviously I perform with Patty as a very much gender fluid individual or being. Um, and I really enjoy uh, mixing like gender norms or gender traits or also kind of like the fuckery of fucking with. So what is masculine? What is feminine? What are we doing here? Oh, well, actually, if I'm deconstructing drag and I'm thinking about females in the outdoors that inspire me, what's up, Emily Harrington? We're wearing no makeup at all. Like, we're literally just out there. So when I'm in boots, I'm in full drag because that's literally just me in drag. So I kind of just enjoy, like, the breaking down of it all. But this is a rabbit hole where, like, literally you ask me about the word queer and I just, like, in ways. Queer to me is... Uh, is anything a queer person wants it to be and means different things to different people. But I really, um, I like also invite and to use the word queer um, to you to describe queer people. So there's that. So back to sort of your genesis, you found photography. And I have to, I have to say like your photography um, is is really powerful. And, and you've done a lot of work in sort of the wedding space family space. But to me, what struck me is as I, as I've looked through it um, and, and gone deeper into it, especially around this interview, there's a profound uh, sense and strong ownership of photojournalistic principles that you use incredibly well. And, and one post in particular really struck me and it was around your grandmother, the way you shot and celebrated her on her farm to me appeared very much like a seasoned National Geographic photographer, somebody who has been doing that work. I mean, I, that's where I saw that work living. That's the level to which it, that's the level it reaches. So first and foremost, I just want to celebrate that because it's, it's amazing work. Secondly, where did you, where did, I mean, is this self-taught or, or, or how did you like, how did you get so good? <laughs> mm. Uh, how I, <laughs> how I got so good was so many years of figuring it the fuck out, like seriously, and unlearning so much of what I was taught. Um, I feel like we could talk about this for like a whole entire podcast episode just on like photography, but, um, my journey as a photographer has been, um, has like spanned the rainbow of, doing commercial photography and art directing and micromanaging every single moment and getting the, getting the goal image that way, all the way to embracing photojournalism in every way to, uh, to think about stepping out of the way. And I think that I see that mirrored a lot in my work with Patty. Um, I think the work of a photographer is to often is often to go in and to and to create a thing. This is the work of a lot of commercial photographers, just like I mentioned. But yet also the work of a photographer in a photojournalistic sense is to like leave your fingerprints off as much as possible. And I feel like what the art form of drag lets me do in the space of the outdoors and in the environment is put every fingerprint on if I need to put a fingerprint on and to literally show up as this larger than life character um, but yet also know when I need to peel every little bit of that away and just show up as me and pass the mic to other people and give them all the shine in the world. So I see that mirrored in weird ways. And I also see that like, a hope and a goal of mine too is to be able to start photographing activists and advocates um, and, and people and community leaders and communities that are doing 
incredible things in the outdoor space um, and in the environmental space. And I think that that will be a cool, like uh, another Genesis moment. I feel like I kind of went from full-time life as a photographer to full-time life as Patty. And I think my dream world is one where I can truly do both and like ebb and flow and just let creativity flow out of me and um, in, in every which way that it needs to or needs not to. So yeah, thank you for saying that. I like, I also just like want to mention that like, I also just think that like an artist's journey is like the death of their ego. Like I very much think that like, for me, like every time I've done something that's mattered is when I've like put my ego to death and when I've literally like, given everything to like what's in front of me, which also feels very weird about Patty because I very much feel like the center of the thing. And like, I'm like, this is just new territory to me. So um, I think the more we can just uh, keep ego in mind and keep uh, our keep our fingerprint in mind and also to like realize that like, what are we going in this room to do? Are we walking into this room to be like the witness of something or the judge of something? And I think that's what I think a lot about as like a photographer and as like a drag queen and an advocate and an activist. So, yeah. I just yep. want it's like it's so funny. Your answers are so good. I'm just like, just keep going. I don't want to fucking talk. Like, talk about removing uh, your fingerprint. I'm like, let me. Um, so yeah. I, special I, note. Special note. Special note. I've learned from the greats. Like, this is not literally like me just being like, and I magically came up with this. Like, I am so lucky to have incredible mentors in all these spaces and to do this work like literally um, on the shoulders of greats um, and to be in community with them too, whether that is in the outdoor space or in the photographer space, like we are all funnels. Um, I am thankful to pass along these messages. And I feel like I'm just, uh, I, uh, I just, I, I want more like gray area for people to like discover these things for themselves too. And to like make their own definitions. Cause just cause like things work for me or I view this way, it's like, it's not for everyone. So yeah, disclaimers for sure. What, what, who are your mentors? I mean, that's a good, mm -hmm. that's a great. Yeah. Um, well, in the drag world, I really look up to Sasha Velour, um, mostly because she does so much work to not only like propel the art form of like drag in general to just be whatever a person wants it to be. And it's like a queer art form and it's just a queer art form and you can do anything you want with it. But also just because of the amount that she focuses on community and she basically runs a show series that like showcases other drag performers um, and just basically performs at the beginning or the end of it. But it's like not about her, it's about like bringing the community together. So I love that. Um, artist wise in general, um, I extremely look up to Lady Gaga because I think that Lady Gaga is a perfect example of someone who is an artist in every sense of the word and is an activist and an advocate and knows when to put on a show and knows when to peel back all those layers and put her community first. So Lady Gaga comes to mind um, in the outdoor space. Uh, Teresa Baker is uh, a huge, a huge elder to me um, of activism and advocacy what she's done and just how much of a human she is through the through the mix of all her work is so inspiring to me to see someone who um, never forgets relationship and friendships and uh, and people first um, and who always checks her ego at the door um so Teresa baker um man in the photography world um the parsons and the kaisers um they're two uh two couples who are i think modern day pioneers of uh, wedding photojournalism and uh, just portraiture photojournalism. Um, I mean, they're some of my best friends and I, I love them and they are huge inspirations to me and I've been very lucky to teach alongside them um, in the photography space. But, and this sounds like cliche too, but like, I just feel like I'm like, what are we doing in life? But just like picking up little bits and pieces from everyone we meet, you know, like every single person. So like, I feel like I'm just like a collective. That's, uh, you know, it's funny. Most people, when you ask them who their mentors are, they have a really hard time actually naming people. I think mentorship is something that is overlooked. Mm. You know, people just. Oh my God. Like, I, I, 
I fucking so agree. I so agree. Mentorship, so important. Sorry, not to cut No, off, no, to no. I just think they give you some snaps. We, we just, uh, we, we just think of ourselves, you just said it, we're funnels, but, but so often we don't actually know the information that we're funneling. It's we pick up pieces here and we pick up something there and then, and we don't really know who the, our mentors are. I think it's so wise to invest in people and to study them and to be in community with them because it does give you a more concrete foundation as to their actual voice, not just the piece of your, their voice that you want to sort of emulate. So um, I think that's a, that's a huge, that's a huge thing that all of us can take away. Uh, I also want to ask, you know, can you, and I, I know you've told this story before. Um, Patty is, uh, CJ pointed out 96 weeks old right now. Um, so incredible research, incredible research, you less know, than, how- but that's less than two years, you know, I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it, that makes it sound like a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it it's less than two years this journey. So yeah, I mean, this, I think that's where you're going, Corey. Right? They, well, yeah. No, I story. just I want to know the story of when Win met Patty. <laughs> yeah. No. Great question. Um, it's so weird. It's like been less than two years, but I'm like I I just can't imagine my life without this outlet. You know. Um, uh, when Win met Patty. Okay, so in order to tell you that story, I have to tell you about the first time I did drag, which was not as Patty. Um, it was as, as uh, fumbling over my words, it was as Ginger Snap, which uh, was a very bad girl, lady of the night, like leather gloves, all leather outfit, like ginger photographer, pun, shit show. Like it was interesting but um yeah I was at this photography conference lol because I think y'all know Chris Burkhard right yeah yeah (laughs) he was there uh and uh yeah (laughs) okay let me restart this because I do I want to consolidate this a little bit more and there's even like a little bit more backstory so basically here's my life uh dragging my life is a very interesting thing because the where I was raised and my queer experience since coming out was, I was told when I came out, you are loved, um, but don't do this, don't do that. Don't do drag, don't have an effeminate voice, don't dress differently, we love you for who you are, like don't change, um, those kind of things. And I think those were said with a lot of love, but what that caused was a lot of like reverse harm because I feel like what I did was I went further back into the closet um, in so many ways. Um, I think it really, it changed so much. Like my voice literally got deeper. Um, my clothes got more straight passing. Um, and I learned how to chameleon so well to any environment, um, especially environments where that were like unsafe to me that like, I would be that I had an exception because I was like the straight passing gay kid that I was, um, that I was like the okay one that I was like the, the friend people had, um, that I was like, that I, defied people's preconceived notions, you know, and I, I, I leaned into that so hard. And like, that was so shitty that I did that to myself for so long. And so I think that um, the first time I did drag, not as Patty, uh, but the first time in, that I did drag in my life at this photography conference, um, as Ginger Snap, this like leather studded, like, play on a photographer pun drag queen that uh that it was like the release of all that and it was like looking in the mirror for the first time and being like you can be anything you fucking want it was a very surreal experience to see myself in drag in so many ways i mean looking in the mirror and seeing the quote-unquote opposite gender is but more than that it was like this this power that i felt that i'm learning more and more is also accessible to me out of drag too. And I think it's a confidence that I never had before in life. Um, But so I did drag um, this one night as Ginger Snap at this photography conference at this giant dance party at the end of the conference. And um, it was so fun. It just felt so free and so beautiful. And like I was surrounded by 400 photographers and people took a lot of photos that night and photos eventually made it online. And 
the homophobia that I faced and the withdrawal of so many people in my life after just that one night where they like saw photos of me in drag um, was a really surreal experience where I was like, oh, well, these people I thought were in my corner aren't in my corner. And I went home to my house back in Nebraska and like my house was egged. And I'm not trying to like be like hung up on that because I don't want to be hung up on the haters. Like the haters are everywhere all the fucking time, all the fucking time. But what I learned were the people that were really in my corner and that I, I could really link arms with. Um, and it was a really interesting six months after that because it kind of was like this one like crack of this, like one crack opened that like changed like everything for me and was like the only thing that people could really like talk about or just the silence that I got from a lot of people uh, as well. And so navigating that was interesting. And during that time, I literally, literally put these six inch heels that I like had purchased just for that night, like back into my closet. And I want to take full acknowledgement that I'm aware of how cheesy this metaphor is, but like literally the next time I took these heels out of this closet was when I went on this backpacking trip in Colorado in the Never Summers. And I just packed them in my bag to just be like, it would just be so funny if when we summited, I just like wore heels like, Bleh. well, when we were on the trip, um, a photo turned into a few videos, turned into like a few more video clips, turned into me editing this video on the couch next to my mom when I got back home. And it was like, she helped me. She was like, no, do this clip, not this, that, that one's terrible. And I was like, okay, mom, whoa, art director. And like literally made this video, it went viral. And I was like, well, fuck, like, I thought that this was just gonna be like a funny little account that like a hundred of my best friends would follow. And like, it would just be this thing. But then like overnight, like it happened. And I think that like, uh, it, this is very symbolic of like what life gives us all the time. Life just gives us these opportunities. And I was like, well, am I going to chase this? Am I just gonna try to like figure it out? And I'm, am I going to feel and still feel to this day, extremely like unknown about like who I am or what I'm doing? And I just decided to say yes. And I think that changed everything for me. And I just gave myself a chance at a new because I was really happy with my life. Uh, and I was at capacity. I was beyond capacity. Um, I was fulfilled creatively. Um, I had amazing friends. Um, I had a good life. Um, but I feel like what I never had was a queer community. What I never had was uh, a real, um, a real reflection of who I am. I think photographers, by the way, also feel this with their work too. There, there becomes this moment when they finally feel like their work is is reflective of like who they are, and I think that changes everything too. Um, or they, or they change direction. I don't like the word pivot, but they like they they actively choose to change direction because of the the big question, what if? And I think it changes everything. So. Um, like what you're looking at now and like uh, everything that you are like, like how does this happen in years? What if like I'm fucking here too? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just trying to like do good shit, make good things, find out more about myself, never forget how privileged I am, how lucky I am. And, um, and know that there's a lot of work to do. Like I really feel like no matter who you are in life, you have to come out of the closet as who you are, but then you have to like literally put on your boots. Like for so long, I lived out of the closet as, as me, but I never like truly put on the boots of like who I was to do the work I wanted to do. So I think that experience is not just for queer people or for LGBTQ people. I think that experience is for everyone. Um, and what, what I wish upon everyone is that they give themselves the gift of coming out as who they are and loving themselves for who they are and then like putting on the motherfucking boots that they want to put on their life. I love, I love it because I was going to bring up that metaphor and I'm fucking, you already, you just nailed it. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, y'all like, listen, it's just, it's weird, right? Because it's like, I'm sitting here and it's like, um, I feel like I constantly encounter people that are like, Patty means so much to me. What you do means so much to me. Like I, I want this for myself and I just love that like I think white people love Patty or if they whatever look up to my work that it's like it's because you're seeing a reflection of yourself it's because there's like 
it's a little bit of that in you, you know? And I think that like, it's so, it's so important because it's, it's life or death. Um, I lost a friend to suicide two weeks ago. And I think that they, they didn't know and they, they couldn't realize uh, like the beautiful rainbow of a person that they were. And it seems crazy to get emotional on a podcast with two strangers, but I just, I want people to know that loving yourself is life or death. And it's especially life or death for queer people or for people of color. I mean, look at the past month. And yeah, uh, I just, I want people to know that like, it's so possible for them and they're so special. And um, I don't know, I feel very lucky. So never forget how special you are and how much there is to celebrate. Because um, there's a lot of people out there squashing themselves for the sake of making other people happy or just feeling like they can't be themselves. So mm. here we are crying Thank on a you. podcast, yeah. crying Thank into you. club. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, it's life or death. It really is. Um, I feel that I'm like reminded of that every day. So I, I don't, yeah. th- first of all, I just want to say like, I'm so sorry that, that that happened. I mean, I, lost my you're gonna make me emotional too um my childhood best friend uh, we lost to suicide several years ago so i i can empathize with that it's much fresher for you and i'm sorry that you're yeah it's very like extremely real um mental health oh my gosh the stigmas around um these things um because we don't allow ourselves self-love is is massive so yeah, I think everyone knows someone that's like been affected by suicide or that has committed suicide um, or just like is holding back. And, you know, all, all we actually want for people is for them to just feel like they can be their whole selves. So my challenge to everyone listening to this or just to every person in the outdoors is like, you just never know how important your, your allyship is on and off trail, you know, um, and how much people go to the outdoors as a space where they can like be happy. So Claire, the friend I lost, um, like loved the outdoors, loved the ocean. Ocean was her like home. Um, and yeah, I just, uh, yes, all of that. I'm going to stop crying now. You don't, don't stop crying. It's great. Actually, no, I don't want to feel shame around crying. I'm just going to like, whatever. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, I didn't think we'd go there today, but here we are. Like I, I told you when that, uh, <laughs> you know, Corey's our Barbara Walters. So Yes, you know, yes. You know, Went in. He, he, I don't know how he does it, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it. thank you for sharing that. And I think you, you said something, you know, you feel fortunate in a way and you know, you've now twice in, in your young life and, and share how, how old are you? Uh, I just turned 28, uh, two days 20. ago. Yeah. Yeah. So you've had a full life. Um, and so it, it's, uh, you, you came out when you were 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Patty's less than two years old. So, um, mm-hmm. obviously two really tectonic, um, effective, moments in your life and and as you're talking about self-love and how important that is and we we believe that wholeheartedly um you know that's easy in a way to say but when you're in that place and you're struggling can you share you know going back a little bit because the courage and the the you know it's a it's a it's a serious moment um you know, to, to be able to, to say, this is me. And, uh, I love myself enough and I'm, I'm, I'm ready for 
whatever comes. Um, can, can you talk a little bit about the story of how you were able to go from that one place to the other, to, to be able to embrace that, um, maybe to share a little bit of the, you know, because you must have had some inspiration. You must have felt mm-hmm. some allyship or, um, you know, I don't know if people are able to, to make those changes just on their own. Um, so maybe if you can share a little bit of that in terms of, hey, you know, you can get there. Absolutely. Uh, it is a daily battle and a daily choice. There is no before and after. Um, I feel that way with my coming out experience. Um, I feel that way with any experience in life. I feel that way with Patty. Um, daily choices. It's, it's, it's daily choices all the time. And what I mean by that is um, it's, a, it's a daily choice and it's a radical act to show up as yourself. Um, and it is a, it is a, uh, it's, you, you, it's a coming out experience, but then it's a coming out experience every day. Um, and I think acknowledging that it's not this before and after binary either. It's this constant evolution of who we are and what we believe. And I think, um, hmm, I think uh, at the same time, equally, if not more important is putting yourself in environments that can love and accept you and encourage you and celebrate you for who you are. Um, I would not be anywhere without the allies in my corner um, and the, the best friends in my life and the, the people uh, that I look up to that are mentors in my life. So um, I think it's, it comes down to daily choices. It comes down to the radical act of joy, the radical act of showing up, um, the, the belief that even though people can look at something as at, at face value, including myself and be like, now I'm Patty. And now I am this like radically freed, amazing, queer, like accepting of myself. No way. I'm also this shy, timid, incredibly, um, like, vulnerable, weird, uh, human underneath it all and aren't all of us, you know? So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of humanity that, uh, is beneath our job titles and roles and talents and, uh, and creativity. So, yeah. Is, is there an element of, you said something that struck me, which is that this is life and death. And, um, I mean, I feel as very much that when I don't show up as myself, I die a little bit uh, or I get a little bit more caged and the, the wall becomes harder to break down. And that radical act of showing up holistically as oneself, flawed as we may be, becomes even more challenging. And it goes back to something that you said very early on, which is, uh, you know, your life sort of mission of almost proof of value. Um, and I'm curious about where the lessons of not being valuable came from and how, uh, how you initially addressed them and then how you chose to address them both through art and through Patty. Does it, I know that's a complex question, but did you, did no, you? Well, no, that's great. Can you repeat the first part? Yeah. So how did I? Yeah, like, yeah, how did you, how did you, first of all, where did the issues, because I, I, str- I struggle constantly with issues around my own self-value. I mean, that is mm-hmm. my life's journey is figuring out mm-hmm. that I actually do matter. So where did those beliefs come from that, that you weren't valuable? How did you internalize them and how did they manifest? And then how did you break that? Hmm. Um, I think we're told our own story and not allowed to tell our own story all the time. And I think if we can all reflect on all the ways that people try to tell us our story, try to tell us who we are, what our value is, um, and who we are based off of those things, and the more we can free ourselves from that. I mean, the river runs deep. It comes from capitalism. It comes from our broken homes. It comes from uh, childhood trauma, emotional trauma. It comes from like our own mental health. Um, and I think uh, there is this very active effort of not trying to run from in my life, but trying to run to. 
And I am fascinated by the ability to like reframe things uh, that like used to have power over me and use them as like some of my like biggest tools and like things that give me power. Like case in point, like, as I mentioned, I'm an Enneagram three. I think that I used to shame myself a lot for, um, for achieving and for being obsessed with accomplishment and, and really doing things excellently or by being able to chameleon on to who people were. I saw that as me being fake when really it's, it's not that it's rooted in like trying to provide an environment for people to feel seen and loved and like to get the job done. And that's just the way I was raised. And so, yeah, I think for everyone, it's going to look different. Um, but I feel like, uh, telling my own story has been a really, and telling my own story to myself, um, has been a really important piece of that, um, piece of that puzzle. Do you think I've, I've had this experience recently in some of my own therapy and, um, and sort of trying to unravel some of my own stories. Do you think there's value in, in, you've you've made a really good point that was profound we get told our story rather than telling our story but then i've also had this experience of trying to move beyond story into exactly what is have you had that same experience i feel that in the sense of like there is a story um and we tell ourselves stories of course um and we can tell ourselves lies of course and we can tell ourselves like truths and and story that that inspire us but i feel like um, I love what you mentioned about uh, about just there being what is because I really um, I really dislike boxes. I really dislike um, stagnant things. I really dislike binary. I really dislike uh, like black and white. Like I'm after gray area. Give me more of it. Like uncomfortability. Give me more of it. Like um, like adversity give me it and like, and let me find a tolerance for that. Um, I think that's what the outdoors teaches us in a lot of ways too. I think that's what nature teaches us. I mean, listen, look at where we're at right now, right? Like we are in the middle of something we can't even comprehend because it's still going on and it will still go on. And yet we're trying to like decide what it is. No, the world has given us in my eyes, a, a like a, a seismic earthquake-like moment that's shaken and sort of everything. And the dust is willing, or is the dust is going to fall. And I feel like we don't get to decide when that dust falls, but we can always decide what it falls on. And that's just what is, and that's us, you know? And I think that like, for me, what that looks like in my life is like, uh, oh, wow. Uh, before pandemic, I like was running at a million miles an hour in a million different directions. And I was totally eating up life. But when the fuck did I stop to like, look at myself in the mirror and see what is so I feel you on that girl. I love that. It's audio uh, clip from the podcast. I feel you girl. (laughs) Maybe we'll just Maybe we'll just title the podcast exactly that. Oh my gosh, do it. Yes. Fun. I like that's it. The, that's the episode title right there. Um, I love this. When you've got this time now a little bit, what creative dreams, you know, have you not, has Patty or Wynn not yet manifested? You know, when you think of where it goes, you know, where, where, what are the big dreams yeah. Um, well, first, I want to be the first drag queen to perform on um, a glacier or on one of the poles. So y'all got the connects. Hook me right. up with your Nat Geo people. Um, I really am envisioning like a black and white tuxedo that turns into a dress and performing with like penguins. <laughs> Love it. So we need to make this happen. <laughs> um, but here's the thing, though. It's like I'm like, I actually think about that idea. Like I had that a few weeks ago and I was like, oh my gosh, that's like so silly stupid. But then I'm like, no way. We could literally make this into a whole entire film that's about literally global warming um, and icebergs, of course, melting. Because I'm like, y'all, we've seen the video of like the iceberg melting a million and one times. But if we can't interject entertainment into advocacy and into the activist space, and if we can't get people's eyes and attention on it, then like people are just gonna keep on seeing what they're seeing, which is not working. You know, 
Um, I shouldn't say that. That discredits a lot of the work that's being done. That is working for some people, but I want to reach more people. I want to reach youth. I want to reach people that would traditionally not be, um, think of themselves as like caring for the environment or in the space of activism or advocacy. So I think that like, when you ask me that question, I'm just like, I just want to invite more people to the party. I'm like, I'm dancing on weird ass bridges, weird ass slack lines between these like weird land masses. And like, I'm dancing on them in high heels and like, I want more people there. And I think that um, the more that I have uh, realized that like activism and advocacy isn't this on and off switch, but it's something that can be community that can be that can intersect with my art or other pieces of my humanity and my story and who I am then like I'm fucking there for that you know so I yeah I I always dream of unlearning things I dream of building community I dream of making some damn good art that makes people think for themselves I think so so much media so much art um tells people what to think. And I would rather have people question what they think and think for themselves. Um, I think I'm feeling that for sure on the heels of like, you know, this election. I'm like, listen, I'm gonna vote for Biden. I'm a Democrat. I have democratic views pretty much through and through, but I'm not saying that that's the right thing. I want you to think for yourself. And I want you to always remember that the enemy is indifference. If you don't know what you believe, then like that's problematic. And I want people to think for themselves and then take action on like things they're interested in. I'm like, okay, you care for the environment, even if that's you picking up 10 pieces of litter on a trail and like I've helped get you there, my work is done, you know? Mm. But I also believe that like that snowball will have an effect in your life to bigger things, you know? Like um, maybe that is literally just you're living uh, like in a, in an area with a beach and you really just want to focus on microplastics and helping make an impact there sick go for it do it like and do not feel ever like you're failing if you're not doing everything at once because we can never do everything at once you know so i just that's that's what i want that's that's what i want the future to be and like i just i i just i cannot stress how important uh hmm, you know what? We're going to get so fucking real. Are you ready for this? This is like, I know we don't talk about this, but we're going to talk about this. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm so fucking lucky that Patty happened after I had 10 years in the photography slash media space to cut my teeth because I learned every single which way I did not want to go. I don't want to be on the cover of Outside Magazine. I want to help 10 people of color that are also queer get there first. They deserve it. I don't. I'm a white male who's also a drag queen and incredibly queer. But like my role is I feel like to be a bridge between the ally community and more diverse intersectional communities too. So the thing is that like, for me, like even five years ago, I don't think I could have gotten out of my ego's way. And that is not some like level of like wokeness that I'm like now magically above it. Do I love the privilege of getting to interview with y'all? of getting to speak in and be friends with the people that, that I am and being community with these people. Absolutely. Like, do I also love to perform and be the center of attention on stage? Absolutely. But I also know, and I think I'm, I'm realizing more and more that like, I would rather have my legacy not be that I made it to the top, but that like, I made it to this place in the middle zone where I could like help lift up people and where I could also help like, like where I could learn and where like my learning can help like other people unlearn. Like I, I, I want to be in this little middle zone. Like I actually don't enjoy being at the top. And my question very much so for people at the top of things is like, are you afraid to fall? Because I'm like, the only place to go from the top is down in my opinion. So like, I love being where I am. And I'm also like, hello, my community is like 300,000 people strong right now. How the fuck am I ever supposed to serve that many people in my whole entire life? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I could literally be, like, done right now. Like, close it. Close the community off. There's no way I could serve that many people. And I think that, like, we need to start championing that archetype and, like, that narrative. I'm not saying because, like, Patty is this woke person that's figured it out. I'm saying, like, I want to champion that, like, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but, like, a rising tide sails all ships, but, like, for real. Like, you know, like, I'm just, like, what does it look like to truly be in solidarity with people? I don't know. I want to figure it out what does it look like to encounter the 
the outdoor industry and like have, hmm, I don't know. I mean, listen, like we're all starting to get really real. And this is like, this is probably like crossing line for me to bring other people's names in the mix. But I would guarantee you that like Alex Honnold is thinking about these very same things right now. Because like, listen, like people view him as like on top of the world right now. But also he's fucking hustling behind the scenes to show up for so many things in so many ways to better this world. And I stand that. And that's Alex and like that and like that facet. But I also see people that are at the top of the world right now that are doing incredible things. It's like Teresa Baker. And I know that like she's known for the tip of the iceberg of what she does. And she does so much fucking else behind the scenes to like truly do the work. And I like, I always want to remind myself that like that is the real like legacy, you know? So it's, it's I don't the work know. not seen. Yeah, 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 I don't know. Maybe that conversation went places that I'm gonna like listen to that and be like, yeah, do I feel like, no, like I really do feel it's like you can make it to the top or you can make it to like here and you can also like help other people. Also, what is this thing? What is this story we tell ourselves? You know, like, what is this? I don't know, but, but I but I feel that because that's all I've been told, you know? So but I'm I like, mean, yeah. to, to embrace your narrative, you can be at the top and in the middle at the same time, because I would say you're very much at the pinnacle of advocacy in this space, right? But you're working hard to maintain that humility to lift other people up. I mean, I want to point out to listeners that, you know, your Patty's, um, Patty's Instagram is one of the, for me has been a source of, okay, wow, your vernacular is on point. You're very open. You, it is a resource and that is we need more resources right now and you're at the pinnacle of that in this community while maintaining a certain level of groundswell below other people so you know you are living that gray area and i also would say that it's okay uh to own being on fucking top at times because you know if you've landed there or if you've climbed to there for that matter um you deserve to be there in that moment and it's not about better or worse. It's just that that's the position you embody and you can always go back down. I mean, what you said, I think is so, so, so important. There's so many people that get to the top and actually don't advocate and they're not allies and they're not activists. They don't use a platform. And quite frankly, to be real, I've been one of those people and I am learning more and more and more. So have I though. So yeah. have I though. In my photography career, I was for sure that I was like, give me all this and that and also like here i am totally oh my yeah. gosh i don't think you can learn that until you've been that you know well That's and i don't disclaimer. think i don't think you learn it too until you have a serious gut check around your humility and and and, and what you're actually contributing um and i think totally. this moment and this movement is for many people a come to jesus uh, mm. time or, you know, mm. come to God time where we sort of re I know it is for me where we re-examine what the fuck am I doing? Am I actually like, mm. it's great to go do conservation work. Does that actually in, indivi impact individuals lives? I question that. I don't know. Totally. Um, totally. So I'm in that Same. moment too. I fe I'm feeling empowered by you in our conversation to be like, how do like, what do I fucking see when I look in the mirror and do I want to see something mm. different? we're so often like defined by our past and, and denied opportunities for growth too. Um, you know, like I have not been where I am for very long and I have been in places where, um, where definitely I've, I've been silent. Um, and I'm just now coming to the realization of how harmful and how violent silence is. Um, and I think that, knowing who you are, knowing what you believe in, um, and standing by your ethics and morals is, is what we got. So I am really fearful when I see people uh, like blindly following uh, things or also being afraid. Hmm, I mean, I think cancel culture right now on the internet is this very interesting reverse censorship where like, if you're not willing to kind of like fall in line with the regime and if you speak out about anything that is in any discourse to whatever like brings up even just an interesting point you're suddenly canceled and i'm like wow look at look at people using the same powers that were used to oppress them to oppress themselves that doesn't make sense to me 
So um, I'm very curious about how the internet will evolve because, and how we interact with the internet because like, and how also we will evolve with like politics too, because it's like, I feel like the, the, I feel like America is more the wild west than it's ever been before. And I feel like the internet is the epitome of a wild west. No rules. Everyone's out for this vigilante justice. Everyone feels like shitty. Everyone feels disenfranchised other than the extremely privileged people. Um, and it's just like, I don't know. Um, I'm just, I'm curious. I, I'm curious. Sometimes I think about it, I'm like, what would Patty be if Patty left the internet? And I think about that often. I'm like, I don't know. Obviously it's an interesting connection tool during this pandemic, but I'm like, what does it look like to just leave the internet altogether or like to not be in this feedback loop, you know? And yes, I just took it from like us talking about politics to like me talking about internet culture, but I'm like, it's really interesting. I think that the internet like so shoves in our face, like what we should believe. And I'm like, what, who would I be? What space would that allow for if I didn't have the internet in my life, you know? And honestly, what would I create as an artist if I wasn't so obsessed with the feedback loop of what people would say or what would happen and just like made the damn art, you know? That's, that's the golden question. I think about this all the time mm -hmm. because I loathe social media and I have such a, mm -hmm. a, a tenuous relationship with it, but I, I don't think, I think the internet and the wild west of the internet is part and parcel of politics. I don't think that's a random diatribe. I think that's deeply connected and how we consume and, um, and put out information is tied to our political identities as well as our cultural identities. And um, there's nothing, I mean, you cannot have one without the other in this moment. Totally. I, I, I just, I want to, sort of reinforce that this idea um and i think it, it ties back to to your entire journey as a human specifically also with patty is being fiercely independent and individual and owning that piece of you whatever that piece is um isn't just about shouting what other people are shouting it's about deep hard internal work that gives you a sense of empowerment to honesty and when you can be honest outwardly that's when you start to think for yourself and you don't fall into the binaries anymore and i cannot thank you enough for the work that you're doing the work that you've done and opening up that beautiful fucking pandora's box of awesome um that that forces us to look at all the shit uh it's your voice is so so meaningful and so powerful in this moment and i and i hope to see so much more of it so thank you thank you no thanks um yeah i i want to say thank you too because i think that um yeah no bullshit it's like it takes um us to all ally each other in different ways um and i think y'all giving me the platform here to share this is uh, is a big form of allyship that I feel. And also like, I want nothing but connection uh, to humans and, and to connections to people that are also doing work in the space. And I'm grateful to get to know y'all through this process too. Um, it just, it feels magical to think about like all the collaboration that can happen, you know? Um, like, let's just talk about for a second, like how much of photography is this kind of lone wolf wolf pack of one thing um, often and how beautiful it can be when it is a collaboration moment and also how, ma how many people it takes to like to pull off a shot so many times and I think that uh, I, I always reflect on like how there's not a single thing of Patty really other than honestly interviews that I do uh, that other people aren't involved so I can't wait to collaborate someday in some other way too with our other art forms because like there's some really incredible um, like diversity on the back end of like uh, like content creators like videographers producers photographers um, that are really just kind of diving into this beautiful space of like queerness and nature and I'm excited for that to be a way to invite people into because nature is so gay literally rainbows everywhere fish that can change gender. And also like a forest is like so weirdly queer. So I'm excited. Um, we gotta do it. We I love the, the I love the shirt that you've 
the shirt that you wear sometimes it's in one of your posts it says sounds gay i'm in it's just yeah, it's my life motto <laughs> sounds gay i'm in so yeah, great. that is me all right that was awesome thanks for joining us and thank you win for spending the time with us keeping it real really sort of pulling back the layers of this conversation about allyship and about diversity in the outdoors and beyond so much to learn as uh as we got into in this conversation humbly uh, on that continuum and that evolution ourselves here at rome and myself um indeed so thanks a lot uh that was an amazing conversation with patagonia and Again, if you like what we're doing here, please subscribe, uh, drop a review or a rating. We really appreciate it. And uh, we will see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.